Thank you for listening to the Risen Community Church podcast. Risen Church exists to point all people to a new life with Jesus. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and inspired by this message and that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ through it. To learn more about Risen Church or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on social media or visit risencommunity.church. That's risencommunity.church. For the last six weeks, um, we've been talking about life and how uh, we go through life. Um, we talked about the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil. We talked about also uh, the tree of life and how God is calling us to always, always eat off the tree of life. Never get close to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We talked about also the power of worship last week. And then we really um, discussed and we talked about uh, the purpose of worship and how are we to worship and why we need to worship. But today, it's a whole new series. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the Emmanuel, which is God is with us. And that's really the message. You know, Jesus, from the beginning, he knew that he's coming for one reason and one reason only. He didn't have to come, but because of love, which is what God is. He is love. He does not have to be something that he is not. He decided to come to save us, to rescue us. You know, as I'm preparing for the message, you know, I've been reading and reading and reading and trying to understand what is the best title, what is the best name to call what Jesus mission was and I know we call him Redeemer and now we call him Messiah but rescue it came to my mind and reason why is no difference than you and I when we see our kid running down the driveway and here's a car coming right away our subconsciously we run and put ourselves we take the bullet sometimes to save our kids we take the bullets, and that's what Jesus did. He, take, he took the hit, right, you know, full blow, square on. He took it for you and I. Even when he didn't have to. Even when his army, all his disciples, they abandoned ship and let him go through the whole thing on his own. He knew it. He didn't need him to go with him. But also he realized that this is what needs to be done to save us. That's what it needed to be done to give us a new living hope, a new life through Him. And it took me a lot to actually to look at it, but I think rescue is, is the best, best name, at least for me, at least in my heart. So if you face Jesus right now, if you are face-to-face with Jesus, what is the big question you would ask Jesus? A lot of us will ask, why? You did what you did. Some of us, they don't really need to know why. And it's because they have it in their heart. And some of us, they just don't want to know why. Because it doesn't matter. Because they are content. They are comfortable where they're at. And they don't really need Jesus to be in the center of their household. But if you face Jesus face to face. And if I do face him face to face right now. I ask so many questions. But I know that I know that he's going to say one thing. I love you no matter what. Asking questions, it's not a bad thing. 
It's always a good thing to ask questions. So this is what I would ask Jesus. He says, who you say that you are, right? A lot of us, they're not seasoned in our faith. We struggle understanding who Jesus is, right? We don't know who Jesus is, so we struggle with that. So this is what happened. I always go back to creation. You know, every time I teach and preach, I love to go to Genesis because when I go to Genesis, I found a lot of the foundation of the whole Bible. And it's all connected because that's the foundation. This is where everything started. So John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So Jesus was there. He was there from the beginning, at the beginning of creation, right? He was there in paradise with Adam and Eve. He was there. He also was there with Noah going through the great flood. He also was there with Moses taking the Israelites from Egypt going through the Red Sea to the desert, leading him to the east bank of the Jordan River. And he was there with Joshua going across the River Jordan through the west bank to Jericho and defeating the Philistine. So Jesus, the Word, was there from the beginning. He is the great gift. He is the great gift. He is the Word that became flesh in our own flesh. Even though we are sinful, He came in our flesh, but He became and He always stayed sinless. So He became, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He lived among us. He lived among us. And that's, to me, it's amazing. How, how come God dethroned Himself of His throne to come down here? Are we really that worthy? I struggle with this because sometimes I look at our history. It's not full with glory. <laughs> our history is it's all about breaking covenant after, govern, after covenant. Our history is about disowning God. It's our history. Our, it's full about turning our back to God. We pray to God and we praise Him and we honor Him. But the minute we get comfortable, we decided it's time to dethrone the King of Kings and throne ourselves on our virtual throne. So this is, if you look Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah because it's full with prophecies. And a lot of those prophecies, they get fulfilled by Jesus. So if you look Isaiah 59, chapter 13, 17, it says, We have turned our backs on our God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been. Carefully, carefully, planning our deceitful lies. It's carefully. When you are careful, that means you're really taking the time and you're doing it intentionally. It's not by accident. Our courts oppose righteousness has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. Anyone who reannounces, reject evil, is attacked. So when we reject evil back then, and a lot of times even in our current present time, we get attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased. This is, breaks my heart because now I realize that God is looking at us. No difference than you and I, we look at our kids and we realize that our kids, they are totally doing the opposite from what we taught them. Doing exactly the opposite of what we taught them to do. Doing things that we are, have, we are struggling with, and, but we have no control over it. We have no control over their willpower. And they're not inviting us to be part of their lives. So when God looked down on earth and he's displeased, this is serious. 
This is really serious stuff. So the Lord looked, at, looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one, absolutely no one intervened, no intercessor. He did not find not one intercessor to help the oppressed. He himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm and his justice sustained him. So now God is taking it upon himself. No difference than you and I when we try to help our kids when they are in a tough situation. We have some time to do it ourselves because they do need the protection because they don't see it. They're running towards crash. They're running towards a dead end. They're running towards the cliff. But sometimes we have to do it. He put on the righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with the robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in the clock of divine passion. So now God is fighting for us because there's no intercessors, no justice, and people are carefully planning their deceitful lies against God, against themselves, against everybody they encounter. So God decided to do something. Same thing. He decided to do something. So he sent Gabriel, right, to seek a true and pure woman, that she has a white heart as white as snow, but she never had a man in her life, and that was Mary. So Gabriel says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. So this is the story about Gabriel visiting, visiting Mary, but if you look, Elizabeth, Mary's um, cousin, she also struggled with having kids. She was childless for a long, long time. But God blessed her. But I look at the culture back then and realize how tough that was on Elizabeth because she lives in a tribe, and that tribe, always, always, they want babies. They want to grow. They want to multiply. But now this woman is childless. So they mock her. They ignored her. They left her alone, and she was isolated. In six months before Gabriel came to Mary, Elizabeth got pregnant. So Mary visited Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, Wow, you know, who am I should the mother of God honor me with her visit? She was not jealous. She did not envy her because she's young, and she never had a man in her life. But Elizabeth, she struggled. She struggled, and she had to go through hell with her tribe. And now God blessed her with John the Baptist. So Gabriel comes to Mary, and he goes, you are honored very much. You are a favored woman. The Lord is, well, the Lord is with you. You are chosen from among many women. So Mary was scared. She didn't know what to do, and she struggled. You can only imagine in the Eastern culture back then, you tell a lady or a woman, you're going to have a baby, but she's not married. She's engaged. That's even worse because now the whole tribe, they're going to think that something happened between her and Joseph. So she's not only worried about how she's going to bring this to her community, but also she's worried about Joseph denying her and rejecting her. And Joseph had issues with that too when she shared that with him. But the angels, you know, the angel Gabriel put him at ease. And he, 
tell them what he needs to do and told them who Jesus is, who that newborn is, and he kind of went with it. But not until Jesus became, you know, um, alive on earth that Joseph realized that this is really supernatural. It is not natural. It's all the Holy Spirit doing. So this is... I looked at this illustration, and it really means a lot to me because this has resembled three stages of Mary's and Jesus' life. The first one is Gabriel coming and letting Mary know that she's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she's going to have a son, and he's going to be called Emmanuel. Second one, she's pregnant in front of all the culture. Everybody's looking at her. How did she get pregnant? And she had to justify that. She had to fight for it, knowing that it's not about her. It's about the baby in her belly. Is that one is going to change life. That's the one is going to be king of all kings. And then she's on the donkey, right? The reason why she went on the donkey is because Augustus, the emperor of the Roman Empire back then, he made a decree that everyone has to enroll in the census, right? And in order for you to do that, you had to go back to your homeland. And that's why they went to Bethlehem. The little he knows that he, by doing that, he's fulfilling the prophet. And this is why. So Bethlehem. What is Bethlehem? It was no accident that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Why? Because Bethlehem is the city where King David was born. And then Joseph, he is one of his bloodline. Bethlehem used to be called the city of bread, which is, of course, we all know Jesus is the bread of life. And then the third one, Bethlehem was the place where the Israelites used to raise the finest sheep, which is used to be prepared to the sacrifice during the Passover feast. And Jesus is the true, perfect Lamb of God. So if you look at all that stuff, it was no accident that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So the question is, who you say that you are? Who you say that you are? This is the question we ask Jesus. Who are you? Who really are you? Because a lot of us, we know of Jesus, but we really don't know him. And in order to know somebody, there is, like I mentioned before, there is two things need to happen. Invitation followed by transparency. No hidden agenda. No secret. So when we do that, that's how, we become, that's how we become friends. That's how we become family. That's how we become true worshipers. That's how we become true friends. That's how we become a community of believers. So this is what Jesus would answer. Jesus would answer, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, absolutely nobody, no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is standing on the door, and we have to go through that door. You know, many times growing up, you know, as a, you know, in the Catholic uh, schools, they always showed us that Jesus standing behind the door, but there is no doorknob on his end. The doorknob is on ours. So when we knock on the door, we have to open the door too, and Jesus will allow us to go in. So if Jesus is truth, right, if Jesus is the true life, what is truth? What is truth? I ask a lot of people what is truth, and they struggle answering what's truth. Even Pilate, when he was going uh, through the hearing with Jesus to have him justify that he did not commit any crime, he did not give a chance to Jesus.
to answer what is truth. Had he done that, maybe things would have changed. Maybe the course of event would have changed. But everything happens by design. Everything happens by design. And the designer is God. So reality, you know, truth is real, right? And if Jesus is true, that means he's real. So look at this illustration. So if this is reality, you have uncarnated or uncreated, rather, God is uncreated, right? And you have created, you have material stuff. This stool, this floor, this place, the chair you're sitting on, all this is material. And we have immaterial stuff, time, soul, and spirit. But Jesus is the only person that has both, the uncreated and created, because he is the son of man and he is the son of God. So if that does not give you ammunition, if that does not wreck your heart to believe in Jesus because when he says, I'm the truth, and the truth is reality, and that's who Jesus is. He combined the uncreated with the created. The reason why he did this is for us, for you and I. So through his divine power, Jesus did a lot of things, a lot of things. And you and I, we know it is not fair even to summarize him in those few bullet points. But I just wanted to, for illustration purposes, just focus on a few of those. He performed miracle. He was himself the miracle baby. He himself was the miracle. He fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies. He raised people from the dead. He cast out demons. He forgave sins. And that was the biggest issue with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. He promised salvation. He promised salvation to he who believed in him and his message. Who, who believed in him as the Son of God and Son of Man, who believe in Him through faith, through faith through God Himself. He gave us faith like Charles, right? He wants us to uh, worship Him. He wants us to have fellowship with Him. He wants us to believe in Him as kids, as children, because you know why? Because when kids come here and worship or stand there and worship, they have no hidden agenda. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They want to know more and more about Jesus. They have no ulterior motives. They don't look at the impact of their worship on them because they're not self-centered. They don't see any value other than they're fulfilling what God created them to be. We all, by design, we created to worship. We created to worship. And it's up to us who we worship. You can worship yourself. You can worship sports, you can worship money, you can worship your belongings, you can worship anything. But like I always say, I never see, never ever till today I saw a U-Haul following a dead person going to the funeral or to the cemetery. There is no U-Haul. We live and we die and all we take with us is our fellowship and our sincere and humble and genuine relationship with God. That's all we do. And he wants us to have that relationship, a children relationship with God. No hidden agenda, no secrecy. Just be who you are. Humble yourself because you are called for a reason. You are called for a purpose. God never ever intended for you and I to live as an average person. Jesus didn't come and sacrifice himself so we can live average people. But Satan wants us to live average and below average. He does not want us to reach to our calling. I use always the illustration, 
This is where we live, and this is where Satan wants us, and this is our great calling over our lives right there. Right there, but he does not want us to get there. But Jesus will. All we have to do is just change our priority list and put him first. So Jesus came and all his message, all his message, it's really simple. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. So when we repent, it's a change of heart, change of attitude, change of lifestyle, and it's all it takes. Just change your direction. And instead of going that way, you turn around and you stand behind God and the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead you in everything you do and everything you say. It's hard because it does require a lot of lifestyle changes that we're not willing to make. We're not willing to take. It's hard to follow God. And He says it. Jesus said, it is not hard when you carry the cross and follow me. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. So repent and follow me. And same thing. You got to invite and you got to be transparent and put it all down at the cross. You and I, we cannot and we will not be saved if we don't believe in the cross, if we don't have faith in Jesus. So the question is, do you believe? We're preparing um, to celebrate his uh, birth. Sometimes we take it as a customary event. Sometimes we take it as something that we just used to do out of our obligation to our kids, grandkids, our family. And we forget the big picture. We forget the big picture that Jesus came for a reason. Jesus came so you and I, when we down our, on our knees, when we scarred and bruised and wounded, we have hope. And that hope, his name is Jesus. So not until and unless we believe, just like little kids, things will not change. Not until when we take our ego, our bride, and our secular agenda and trust God to lead us first, things will not change. So he came regardless of the time of the hour, regardless of the Eastern or Western timing, <laughs> Jesus came, and that's the truth. Thanks again for listening to the Risen Church Podcast. We hope we pointed you to Jesus today. If you would like to support the work God is doing in Swartz Creek, you can give securely and conveniently on our website at risencommunity.church. That's risencommunity.church. We also invite you to connect with us on social